Hi, beautiful, beautiful soul. This is Claire and the Art of Life podcast. I'm so, so inspired and excited to talk with you today about what is sex. And this is a follow-on episode to this series, What is Woman, What is Art and What is Sex? Around the new heading for my website, um, the multiple domain names I've had for my website have eventually settled into this most creative uh, niche or labelling or umbrella of what I comprehend in my blessed 50 years of being life incarnate on this planet, the most urgently in need of attention and unfoldment, expansion. They're the three areas of life that have been most, not just mislabeled, but labeled in a way that pulls us into contraction and limitation in relation to those words. And particularly following through the discourse, I've done two podcasts on what is women, two podcasts on what is art. They're barely touching a drop in the ocean, as it were. Similarly with the what is sex, like the the whole universe <laughs> comes from what is sex, what is polarity, what is copulation, what is the union of two souls really meant to be, what is the meeting of two humans meant to be. Um, and ultimately I want to get to the solution to all our ills in life, which is that we are ultimately meant to be in a divinely orgasmic and blissful state at all times in our life, in our death, in our birth. And if we can start to move back towards that or towards that, we'll, it's very easy to do that because it's, it's simply a matter of walk, walking away from contraction and releasing contraction within ourselves, within our body, within our mind, within our um, emotions and so on. But if we start moving back to that expansive and blissful state, everything, the more we move towards it, everything falls away that is false and everything falls away that is contradictory to that. But we have to be so humble about really facing how we've participated in the distortion of our own nature and also how we've chosen and consented and contracted for benefits and privileges into being at at dis-ease in our own body and in our own nature, in our own natural state, which should be blissful, erotic, alive, vital, vibrant, expressive and happy, at least. That's like the least it should be. Most of us um, not only have a fundamental conditioning that distorts that happiness, that wellness, that vitality, and not only have we had that so normalised that we think it's that it's okay that that's happened, um, but many of us additionally, in fact most of us really additionally have some kind of extreme compounded trauma around both the labelling of the term sex, 
as in gender, and the use of the term in reference to our genitals, the separation of our our pelvis from the other parts of our body. Um, we've been locked into the trauma that we have around these areas of life, and that is played with by the agenda, by our participation in the agenda. It's played with around labels. It's played with in terms of labeling things. The labels are like this ticket that essentially gets us on a form of transport that is heading over the edge of a cliff or effectively to a gas chamber. And I'm I'm not exaggerating when I'm saying that. I'm not... I'm not exaggerating for effect or anything. I'm actually saying like our demise comes through our just accepting the ticket, just accepting the term and taking the the dictionary definition of it, which is dictated to us by the system. Um, and I, I always refer back to this metaphor of, it's like the metaphor of birth, true birth, real birth, natural birth is supposed to be an orgasmic and blissful state both for the mother the child and the father and whoever else is surrounding it's supposed to be a spiritual transformation it's supposed to be uh, an ecstatic entry into the world and a welcoming for the soul for the child from the safe protection of the womb into the physical tangible much more um lucidly in your face world of 3D. Um, when we're inside the woman, we're still attached to our mother, we're still joined to her in so many ways. And this has so much to do with what sex is. Instead of getting presented with birth as this orgasmic, symbiotic journey, transformation of this mother and child entering the gateway, um, both into life outside the womb and into motherhood instead we are imprinted and then the imprints are fixed through these terms like hospital birth like forceps like contraction like um sex and focusing in on the sex aspect of it there are various aspects that are nailed into us from very early on like when we are in our not just our most vulnerable state having just arrived on planet Earth, but on a profoundly, profoundly traumatised and interfered with state and distorted state of being that we shouldn't be in. First of all, lacking the orgasmic boost that should be coming through our mother's hormones and um, energetic body through us as we come out of the, the body, her body. But we are additionally, there might be all levels of aggression torture and I'm not exaggerating I mean actual torture the the modern birthing method birthing method in hospitals is about torturing women it's not about supporting a woman to become the orgasmic blissful divine being that she is supposed to be that is her nature and that is her divine birthright and in removing that from her we remove that from the child as well so the child's entry into the world is an excruciatingly difficult struggle to pass through a birth canal, this cycle of painful birth, painful death, painful struggle, when we should be in bliss and we should be expanding and we should be um, 
being in union with the world, this all comes down to sex. It all comes down to the word, the label, the conditioning, the violence that's put on us at birth and the violence that's then perpetuated through the modern industrial complex, the modern economic system, the whole Calvinist, whatever you want to call it, I don't know the labels at all, philosophy of a trophy, of scarcity, the whole economic systems, it's all designed to take away from us and to make us believe anything other than we are divine, anything other than we should be living in bliss, and anything other that then life should feel amazing and beautiful and harmonious and synchronistic. Our symbiotic relationship with our mother during the birth process should be that, should be very clear definition of that, just like the whole pregnancy process was. But as soon as the process begins in terms of the mother engaging with the hospital and getting on that conveyor belt, immediately that symbiotic relationship is interrupted with the woman is pulled out of her symbiotic mammalian mind, which is connected with the child and knows exactly what to do and disconnected from the baby itself. And the woman then becomes in a state of fraction. (sighs) These are really hard subjects to talk about because it sounds like I'm basically demonising the modern medical world. And there is really good reason for doing that. There's really good reason for calling out the demon, demonic aspects of it. And to it might seem that I'm just trying to shock women who might have already given birth in a very industrialised mode or might want to give birth but are terrified that it might turn into that and terrified of their own bodies. What I'm trying to get to is the inherent distortion of separation that has been perpetrated onto us can be unlocked through our comprehending more fully and getting a wider panoramic perspective on what sex really is, what women really is, what art really is, what our co-creative capacities are, even in relation to our own body, and what wholeness is, what the wholeness is meant to be, what, what happens when we, instead of separating ourselves into head and body, into compartmentalised organs. Organs, like who invented the idea of organs? What is the point of that? The point is to separate and compartmentalise a functioning whole which exists and functions on its own. Yes, there's very rare cases where a person's kidney can get taken out and replaced with something else, somebody else's kidney. There's a rare occasions where a heart might be partially replaced or wholly replaced with a pig's heart or a catheter or a tube put into it and supported to work better. But these are tiny little, tiny little, very, very rare occasions in the world that those things are even necessary and could be negated whether they were ever necessary. But the the body as a whole, is it's not just meant to function as a whole, it functions best as a whole. And it functions even better when it's connected up really perfectly in alignment and in all the right natural hierarchy of a mind, body, spirit and living vital force flowing through it very vibrantly and beautifully and us being rooted on the earth. 
almost nothing in our culture and uh, normalised structures and systems and benefits and privileges and certifications and false hierarchies, literally nothing in the man-made world is designed to work with that inherent beauty and perfection of the whole body, the whole body, mind, spirit. A whole body is a whole body, mind, spirit. You don't get a whole body, mind, spirit that is detached from the the spirit or from the emotions. The beauty of what the body is, what our incarnation is, is that it will express in the physicality, in the 3D physical, tangible, measurable, again, that's a whole contentious issue, but (laughs) the physical body, as we understand physical, will express precisely and succinctly what is out of place between it and the mind, between it and the emotions, between it and the spirit, between it and the relationship with all things. This is the great beauty of, even if we've been convinced to believe ourselves not to be whole, even if we've been convinced to think of sex as a very particular act separate from us, that something that we have to go and hunt for and find and work really hard at and be in really unpleasant relationships in order to get to or pay for or struggle with a woman for or struggle with a man for even if we're convinced that our down there is non-functional is inherently problematic is working against us in some way that is really hard to maintain and needs to be fiddled around with and cut open and bits added on and tampons shoved up there and and just fiddled with and fiddled with and surveilled and harassed and prodded and poked and scraped and tested. Even if we are doing all of that, even if we are so detached from our body that we're in psychosis or we're in an extreme state of disease or we have cancer in our womb or on our cervix or we're dysfunctional in the bedroom with our lingam, even if we're completely detached from ourselves and completely distorted within ourselves, the beautiful thing is we are always a perfect mind, body and spirit. We're always whole. And that's something that the term sex completely negates, but it can't negate because we just are whole still. So not only are we whole, but the the 3D of the body, illness, distortion, pain, anything that isn't a blissfully harmonious, holistic, symbiotic relationship with all things, including self, including core, including source, including the universe, anything that isn't that, it's, it's drawing our attention because it wants to correct itself. And it really is that simple. So the fact that we have such a controversial label as sex and both in relation to gender and in in relation to this supposed act that should be performed in a certain way in order that somebody achieves a peak orgasm, these distortions and limitations that are put onto us and contractions that we're locked into as we perceive it in order to be able to function as a human being, in order to be able to achieve happiness, 
or get to some kind of a happy, harmonious state, which usually disrupts itself after a certain amount of time into divorce, into arguing, into fixed stances, which are, are basically a form of war where we're not getting on with our partner and we're whatever bitching behind their back or having an affair or just feeling extremely um, bored in our marriage. All of that, all of the symptoms that come up are, are essentially just trying to bring us back into our natural state. That's all, that's all that symptoms are ever doing. It's all that aggravations are ever doing. It's all that wars are ever doing. They're trying to remind us that we don't want to be at war, that we don't want to be in tension, that we don't want to be in pain, but not in a resistant kind of way, like let's campaign against war, let's campaign against cancer, let's campaign against pain. The point of anything that is about separation is that this, the separation in itself is a gateway, a key, a, a light on the path. And if we follow it, like enter it, go into it, actually come down into it, come down into our bodies, then everything, everything starts to move in the right direction. And yes, this might seem abstract, um, but I am talking in really practical, really practical terms from my own position as having been quite horribly, violently abused as a child, having been horribly interfered with as a baby, and as a small girl, like a very small girl, having had a lot of difficulty in various aspects of growing up that led to me having a lot of difficulty in relationship and in functioning in the world and in being hypersensitive, like hyper, hypersensitive, triggered by everything pretty much. Um, all of these aspects have led to a place of being able to not just resolve in terms of being able to function as a normal human being which I would never want to do frankly <laughs> but have brought me back to the wholeness that should have been my birthright the wholeness and the bliss that should have been my birthright that should have been how I entered the world and that should have been how I conduct my my nature each day it's not just the unlocking of disease but but going beyond the, the unlocking of the disease and the very basic functioning and going on to super functioning or blissful state, um, that can be achieved through really looking at what sex is and how we can be much more successful at sex and much more successful in our own sexuality. Again, I'm using these terms because they're hugely wide, um, like covering it, they're umbrella terms that cover massive differing topics and that everyone is going to have a different opinion on and everyone will have a different and unique experience on but I just want to talk about how the label is introduced and how it becomes a limiting factor like just the use of a term that is not meant to be used in the everyday it's not allowed out of the bedroom it's not meant to be visible and the hidden world, the, the hidden world of sex is also created in such a way that it's specifically about contraction and specifically about hunger and neediness for a thing and difficulty, difficulty or expense in acquiring it. 
And these things go way back to our birth and our labelling at birth, our paperwork at birth, which stamps us as sex, boy or girl or male or female. The stamping of the paperwork in relation to what's stolen from us at birth, including our pleasure, including our blissful state that we should have entered the world in, that should have been our birthright, like literally a right of birth. It shouldn't have been possible to distort that, to distort the most transcendental orgasmic state that a woman will ever experience is that in an orgasmic birth. Again, that's me just putting a limitation on it. That's not necessarily true. Women can reach states of orgasmic being and so can men at any time in their lives. But birth is a particularly tangible, unavoidable mode of when a woman is at peace with herself and has been well prepared and educated about what the birth process is meaning the natural birth process, not meaning the medicalised birth process, she will naturally give birth orgasmically, blissfully, or at least, at least in a way that is symbiotic, natural, harmonious, and results in very little pain and very little symptom of the child coming out. The nature of contract, fear, torture, cutting the female body, cutting the genitals, cutting between the vagina and the anus, cutting the belly open, the nature of using cutting and metal tools and invasive procedures, even painkillers, injections in the spine, all of this trespass and interference is designed to distort what would come, what would occur naturally if the woman were being encouraged into a state of believing in herself, knowing herself and releasing anything that needs to be released during the birth process. That key moment that we all came through in some form or another, the birth process, that key moment, the relationship between us and mother, the relationship between us and father who should have been protecting us and keeping the cave door closed that moment is so complexly layered and piled up upon by the interference by the aggression by the causing of pain the specific causing of pain especially through medication so-called painkillers which are more like killing with pain all of these things pile on the baby. The baby has never been more vulnerable and it is a sponge, not just physically, mentally, emotionally, sensorially, energetically. It is the most vulnerable and most absorptive state that it will ever be just as it exits the womb. Exactly at that point, and that's when it's hit with all these things that create even more vulnerability and even more sensitivity. And because of that, Anything that's contracted at that time, that's literally written down, will have a huge effect. As we grow up and we look at our birth certificate when we're older, we look at our identity, we look at our sex, we look at our the way we're being portrayed on TV, the way we're being portrayed in books, the way we're portrayed in sex education, the way our teachers talk to us, the way we're divided between girls and boys, the way we're dressed, the way we're um, taught about physical education, the way we're taught to take care of our bodies 
or not as modern education, modern sex education and health education being based in the pharmaceutical industry has very little to do with our true vitality and health and energy. So the original contractions, um, which should have been surges of bliss, which should have been us stepping into freedom as a unique soul in this time, in this earth, the contracts are made through these words, through these stamps, through these definitions and capital letters, through these paperwork, through these sheets of paper, that from that point forward will get compounded and compounded and compounded, like stamped and stamped and stamped and stamped. The checks by the home care nurse or who, whatever, the district nurse, whatever the fad of the day is, the taking the child to the doctors regularly, the feeding of men's medicine, the, the jib-jab programmes. What can you even... God Almighty, do not allow your child be, to be injected with anything, ever. Do not allow it. If that isn't really obvious, then there's something very wrong somewhere that a mother doesn't know that her child should not be being injected with anything. In the majority of cases... Um, the compounding and, and layering on of other things takes a lot of unlayering and, and uncompounding and for the majority of people who aren't interested in looking at anything more than what's directly in front of them and what's presented to them by the system presented to them by media presented to them by doctors presented to them by systems and agencies and and corporations and institutions the word sex and the term sexuality and the the aura of how they are presented in media in imagery in airbrushed bodies in so on the whole thing compounds and compounds and compounds and accumulates and for, I don't want to say an average person because we are all completely, completely unique, but for a lot of people, I do also think that the mainstream is completely crumbling in on itself and they're possibly what we thought of as mainstream 20, 30 years ago really doesn't exist anymore. There's just a bunch of people who are becoming progressively more awake and progressively more conscious of what is being done to them. And as, as such, I can't really talk about the general public anymore because the world of public is collapsing and the world of private is starting to empower and wake up and be much more tangible for most of us. Um, so what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> um, again, these, these things get difficult to talk about in, our, in a language that's common because it's not... Um, it's not so common to talk about it. And also much of the compounding that is done is done through language and it's done through very specific labels like sex. But the word sex isn't just a dictionary definition word of sex. Sex is also a dream spell that goes back into the tension in our umbilical cord when it's cut too early. It goes into the tension in our first breath, which should be a very, very slow, very natural, very organic, continuing with the bliss after we're born should be a very organic separation it should naturally fall away it shouldn't have to be yanked clamped and cut like this is a part of our body and a part of our mind body and spirit that is suddenly very violently cut 
when we haven't even started breathing yet. So our first breath is like absolutely in panic, thinking that we're dying. We've never breathed before. We've been breathing through our umbilical cord. So the first breath, it becomes this thing in absolute, not just contraction, but fear for our life, where the umbilical cord is feeling pain. The, the, The pain is going directly into our little core of our being because our umbilical cord is attached directly to the center of our being. It's down here in our our sense of identity, our pelvis, our belly, it's right in the center of us, it's at the core of us. And instead of that lifeful alchemical transition, the contraction, which then leads to the other contractions and all the other mess, is it's still in there because we haven't had a chance to release it. We're so deeply traumatized by where we're getting born, who's arsing around all over the place around us, the bright lights, the noise, the things that we shouldn't be breathing in, the things that we shouldn't be feeling against our skin, apart from our mother's skin, the smells that we're getting distracted by, our mother's possibly medicated state, um, the absence of our father or our dad's uptight, not knowing what to do, cloudiness about him allowing his partner to be violently trespassed and his baby to be violently trespassed and him standing about going looking like a really proud happy father like the whole thing is concentrated in our belly is concentrated in our sexual organs because it's the it's then that we're labeled we're labeled with this word which is female or male and these things are stamped on paper like these have profound effects on us further down the line because 20, 30, 40 years later, we're still holding that piece of paper and saying, this is my identity. This is who I am. This is what I am. And it has this word, sex, female. And the complexity of unlocking this and understanding what our true nature is and our true sex is, what sex really means when we take the label of it, peel it off and look underneath it and open and allow to open and expand. Yeah, there's an awful lot more in there. Um, So, the shedding of the layers and the, the releasing of the contracts is probably a journey that most of us have taken, certainly if you're listening to this podcast. It's certainly one that, it's a path that most of us are already some way down the, the road on. We've already made various um, discoveries in our lives or, or asked questions of our own body or probably in terms of demedicalizing ourselves, we've probably erred away from conventional doctors or conventional medicalization of life. So most of us, and again, this is one of the reasons that the agenda is being so aggressively against the human biome, against the human body, against the immune system right now, because it knows that we're, we're onto this and we've been onto it for quite some time. And we are acceleratingly onto it and working with it. Like we're all on some kind of a healing path. We're all on some kind of a path of discovery. And most of us will have had, unlike decades and decades ago, where we might have been married straight out of school, certainly for girls, women, and into the marriage institution and very 
conventionalize, normalize, have a very conservative upbringing and identity in the world and a very specific role with very specific parameters and limitations. In the last, since the 60s, 70s, 80s, and children who grew up in the 90s, 2000s, over the last years, we've all become much more able to express ourselves, the internet and so on. And we all have the capacity to set up a website with little or no resources. We all have the capacity to have a voice, create a blog, to do a podcast, record a podcast on our smartphone. We all have the capacity to take photos of ourselves, get ideas about fashion, to dress ourselves in, in specific ways that are in tune with who we are. We all have the capacity to be visible and also to explore sex as a, not as it's been given to us, but how we want to explore it and what it means to us. And as a result of that, there are infinite channels of exploration around sacred sexuality, around religion and sexuality, spirituality and sexuality, and health and sexuality, um, abundance and sexuality, and um, sense of identity and sexuality. And a lot of that, in my overview, having explored many, many different channels of getting to the core of what's going on here and really comprehending what sex is actually for, what it actually is, what it can be, what it should be, like the birth process, clue, the orgasmic reflex. Um, and yet the unlocking of all these layers is, is work. It is a lot of work. It, most of us are on this path in some degree or another, but most of the what's being presented as the way forward, like the way to heal yourself sexually, the way to liberate your vital force so that you earn lots of money, the way to um, find a perfect partner, um, the dating agencies, the tantric education, the, the groups, the movements, the empowerment, the identities that we can try out and experiment with. There's absolutely nothing that is more powerful or more necessary or more available than us listening to ourselves and comprehending within ourselves that the, the term sex and sexuality and sexual organs and the labels that have been placed on our sexual organs are all about limitation. There is nothing out there that is not just getting in the way of us being enlightened in our own body. And particularly the term sex is so good at doing that because of some of the reasons that I've described, but also because of it's locked into secrecy. It's talking about hidden worlds because we wear clothes and underwear and put tampons up our yonis. It's all designed around keeping something hidden, even though it's right here, it's right here. I can feel it right now, you can't hide it. But of course you can hide it when you traumatize 
a baby enough that it grows up into a traumatised, numb adult, when you normalise through gynaecology that women can't feel... <laughs> the idea that I can't feel my cervix or my womb is just the most absurd, bullshit idea that unfortunately completely prevails and has a very successful time of fucking women up and making them have disease and making them die of cancer. That's what it's designed to do. It's designed to flip and put you in the matrix and suck your lifeblood out of you and you're just paying and paying for medicine. You're paying for therapy. You're paying. How about you don't let someone scrape your cervix every six months? How about you see what happens when you start tuning into your cervix and asking your cervix how it feels and then getting into a symbiotic relationship where you don't have to treat it like a thing, a separate thing, a separate identity, like your cervix is this little guy that you talk to. Cervix, how are you today? That's not how the body is meant to be working. You're not meant to be like an agent to your cervix and you're certainly not meant to have a fucking agent earning really large amounts of money by torturing your cervix and telling you that you're numb or that you're meant to be numb or that it's normal to be numb. Or the other thing, telling you that you've got abnormal cells on your cervix. If you've got abnormal cells in your cervix, go and sit down with your cervix and connect and go and do some steaming and go and find the right herbs. Go and do your education, educate yourself. Go and learn about what's growing in your own garden. Learn about it by going to it and being called to it and listening to it. The separation, the labelling, the limited information that will basically tell you, you know, you, you can't find information on the internet unless you really, really dig deep and become really honed and, and refined at how you're researching and know who to trust because you're listening to your cervix, you're listening to your womb, you're listening to your sex, to your vitality. The journey to being a, a vibrant, liberated, full of, again, I was going to say full of sex, like sexually enlightened being, a tantrically aligned and harmonious being, it has nothing to do with sexual organs or sex or it has everything to do with how the whole culture, the whole language, the whole labelling, the whole literature, the whole studies and experiments and bullshit and gynaecology. Like, just look up the origins of gynaecology, okay? Like, don't try and tell me that gynaecology is designed to help women. Just... just it just is absolutely not. Um, the whole plethora of accumulation of interference and nonsense is all about obfuscating what the pelvis really is, what the power that was being transmitted from mother to child through the umbilical cord really was, what the breath really is, what happens when you breathe down into your ovaries, into your pelvis, into your yoni, into your cervix, what happens when you waken the nerves, again, the wakening, being awake or woke or blah, 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 <clears throat> never mind all that stupid language, the awakening of nerves that have been numbed or switched off or our brain has decided to ignore, that's what leads to cancer. 
that's what leads to death. That's what leads to numbness and atrophy. When one is completely in intimate relationship with one's womb, one's sex, one's identity, it's very clear, very, very clear, very obvious, like very provable by what we feel that we are directly connected to source. There's no separation. There's no complication around it. There's no doubt or <clears throat> what book do I have to read to free myself? Where can I go to the best yoga class in the world to learn how to be spiritual? <clears throat> There's none of that. There's no, oh, I should go and check with the, the gynecologist because I haven't been for a smear test in a year, seven years, whatever. There's absolutely no doubt about what a vibrant and living womb is, what a vibrant and living cycle is, what a healthy menstrual blood is. But even, even the very alternative um, health groups that are very conscious and have a lot of really positive intention, they're often like very detached from... Or not, sorry, not yet yeah, detached, but also not just missing one of the main points, which is that the way we know what is right and good for ourselves is to know what feels right and good. Not reading it and being told it by somebody else, some higher authority, some book. I don't care who the guru, who the doctor, who the naturopath is. The way we know something is good because is because we feel it is good in our body. And that applies equally to gynaecology, as it's called. I have no interest in gynaecology. I know what a healthy vagina is. And I know that my vagina is healthy. My yoni is healthy. My cervix is healthy. My womb is healthy. I know that they didn't used to be. But that's because I used to go to a gynaecologist every now and again. Very rarely. But I did used to go to a gynaecologist to get tortured and to get intimidated into thinking that there's something wrong with me when... Really, the fact that I'm going to the gynaecologist is a symptom. It's a very clear symptom of something that isn't right, something that is, I feel I have to go to an external agency because I don't believe in my own cervix, what it's telling me. <laughs> Even some of the really beautiful steaming organisations, groups, companies, they're still focused on this idea that there's something inherently wrong when really... Everything that the body expresses, everything, especially a woman's womb, everything that the body expresses is right. It's right. The body is simply telling you what is true. Same with emotions. Whatever emotions are coming up, they might be a bit contorted or not expressed well, but the, the emotions are right. They are correct. They are real. They are natural. They're healthy. Unless they're being projected onto somebody else, that's a whole other thing. But essentially an emotion coming to the surface, <clears throat> we're so conditioned into being disconnected from the root of our emotions, from our womb, from our pelvis, rooted into the earth, that we, the first thing we do when we start, start feeling an emotion is to lock it in and push it down. And again, these are all learned behaviours. They're all learned behaviours through trauma conditioning and through oppression and through torture and I'm not going to mince my words around that guys women this is the state of the world and we need to do something about it and 
um, the importance of of getting to where the actual solution is. Um, I'm just bringing it back to the individual body, the birth experience, the the growing up experience in our own life, the conventional structures and limitations that are placed on it. I'm bringing it back to the individual first because it's really important that we can understand what our true nature is by looking to someone else first. We can get into a relationship where we'll get glimpses of it. We can get into sexual union where we'll have glimpses of it. But until we're fully down in the rootedness of our being, which is source, expressing source, until we're in that, we're always going to get pulled off track. We're going to get kicked to the side. Uh, what's it called? Where you kicked off balance. You're, you, we're going to get pulled out of kilter. And that in itself is a positive thing, like the symptoms in the body. That is just going to be telling us where something is out of kilter or where you are off balance. It's it's all perfect. But I just want to really reiterate how how wrong it is that women are so deeply, deeply conditioned. And I've been unlocking it for many, many years, even though I grew up with a really healthy idea because I rejected the conditioning that was being put on me during my adolescent years by peers, by step-parents, by schooling, by sex education (laughs) that wasn't either sex or education I, I was rejecting all of that and I came through with a pretty healthy wholesome sense of my bleeding as my power and as such I navigated towards literature from a very young age as soon as I got to the mainland I was like into the wise wound um moon time and and shiatsu and um the forbidden pregnancy points and women heal thyself um, and because of that, I was able to start unlocking things from an early age. And that from about the age of 17 onwards, um, 18 maybe, um, I started to have a really good, solid grounding of being present in my body. But I still had to do like at least two or three decades of taking away the layers of complexity that cloud the mind that keep the mind separate from the body, that put the willies up you, not meaning literally, just give you the fear, get you all like, ooh. Um, Again, no coincidence that it's called putting the willies up you. Um, Yeah, the language, mamma mia. Um, I've spent several decades, and in particular the last 10 years, really going deep, really de-armoring, like physically de-armoring my cervix, my womb, belly massage, thigh massage, lymphatic system system massage, lymphatic system cleansing, clearing, pelvic steaming, um, self-pleasuring, mapping the yoni, mapping the cervix, comprehending really what the sentience of the yoni and the sentience of the womb and the sentience of the cervix are and finding that yeah there's not just so many layers to it that keep on unfolding but that it's the energetics uh, and the energy that's released is unlimited 
which then goes out into the world (laughs) and makes our relationship with everything more harmonious and more natural and more easeful and more blissful. Um, Now, I'm I'm almost 50 minutes into this and I'm aware that... (laughs) Like with the other two subjects that I, I've I brought up and I've been recording um, podcasts around, these are just, they're such enormous topics and I really want them to be like two-way discussions and there's lots of ways in which we can have discussions about them. But at the same time, it's important to have an overview and like a a, a sort of, um yeah, panoramic view of the thing because there's so many small areas of it that are completely missed. Like fashion, modelling, for example, like airbrushed models being on TV and transgender models being on TV and being idolised and made famous, the light being shone onto them and reflected back as they are celebrity and we are just these little minions who aren't as famous as them, you know, Fame, famous, fame comes from the, it means hunger. <laughs> famous people are really, really super hungry people. Um, hungry for our energy. And <clears throat> ultimately what my work is and what I am supporting, what I'm interested in supporting, what I'm passionate about supporting is how do we get down into ourselves? and release all of the limitations externally and internally that are in the way in the way of our font energy our toroidal field our benign organic volcanic energetic flow that should be functioning orgasmically blissfully pleasurefully in this world like what do we have to do to get to that that's all that's all I'm really interested in but I am and I am aware that it's taken me many decades to do this work and get to it but it's so much easier for me to talk about it because I'm here and I'm experiencing divine bliss I'm experiencing full body health I'm nearing 50 years old I'm going to celebrate my 50th year since the zygote this year in December and yet It's taken me all this time, but I don't have to go back to, I don't have to explain everything from step one. I can simply talk from where I am and explain how you get from where you are to where I am kind of a thing. It's not, again, it's those sound like really simplistic um, contractual models. I'm not teaching anyone how to do anything. But what I can do is support processes like the co-creative process where we're we're not actually trying or striving to do anything. We're just expressing ourselves uniquely and individually and we're being supported in a small group to do that. And as such, the cycle will naturally come. Like with intuitive painting and expressing oneself, oneself through the primal acts of drawing and painting, in a primal way, in a non-contrived way, not thinking I'm going to paint a dog now or I should paint this kind of a thing and this kind of a style because that will make people respect me or make it look beautiful or make it look like the thing I'm trying to paint. When we paint from the gut, from the pelvis, from the 
even from nothing, like just from absolutely no expectation, no striving, no trying, no, just letting, like we did as a child with a big fat crane in our tiny little hand, just making a mark, making a mark, and then making another mark and another mark and letting things come up, but letting them just bubble out, letting them come up, letting them bubble out. We create this beautiful symbiosis between brain, imagination, emotions in the body, heart here, up through our arm and down through the pen or Pinello or um, paintbrush or whatever colours we're using, down through the material and you know, we're not thinking in our mind, you know, we've not got the little guy in the digger and the crane operating the machinery or the guy with the operating the machine, remote control. We're just letting it come. And the more we let it come and the more we support each other to let it come, the more it just comes by itself. And eventually there's this very symbiotic, like we find what we want to do. We get to a point where we get all like scribbly and stuck with something or we throw a canvas away or burn it ceremonially or ceremonially or something but ultimately something keeps moving in us and the more we do it the more that thing moves and what it is is it's just our vital force moving eventually our vital force becomes more and more symbiotic and similarly that's what's trying to happen in our sex and in self-pleasuring or pleasuring as a couple that is what's trying to happen and I'm going to go more into that in part two but into the actual coupling, the actual sex, as it were. But I wanted to get to the identity of what, what's been so obscured, like why it is so such a successful way <clears throat> of obscuring what the real nature of reality is, what our real nature is. And um, ultimately, yeah, it's all about having things under lock and key, having things behind closed doors, having things in the dark, having things seem like they're the most <laughs> unobtainable um, you know the orgasmic state the peak orgasm I'm going to talk about that more in part two because these are things that really need to be expanded and, and talked wildly and freely about and I'm getting to one hour on this and I don't I don't want to go too far into this without grounding it and um, I'm preparing for another co-creation session this afternoon too um, but ultimately our like the practice of art, the practice of sex, as it's called, which is really sacred union, either with self or with one other, creating much more than the sum of the parts, that that blissful state that we achieve or grasp at or almost get to or get to on our own uh, with a vibrator <laughs> or whatever the story is, that state, that blissful state, it's not meant to be a peak. It's not meant to tip over and go into tiredness. I think it's easier for women to know that. Usually women are more adept at having the orgasm release energy and then give us, in order to to um, have more energy, we have to release any blockages or give lots of energy out. And women are quite good at doing that. Women give a lot of energy and share a lot in the world and take care of others very well. <clears throat> and are good at pleasuring others and often um and then that should come back and keep moving like with the the state of painting and primal drawing and painting when we get into a relationship with ourselves and our own pleasure and the core of our pleasure really key being the core the womb the cervix the source where 
source is. That's where source is. It's not getting piped in from somewhere else. It's not um, transmitting down a chakra from the top of the head or up from the earth. It's coming from all directions at once, but equally it's it's giving out, pouring out in all directions at once. And ultimately this is source knowing itself as source and experiencing itself in myriad biodiverse, unique entities and things and minerals and elements and shapes and forms and states and levels of consciousness. So if we can really come down into the core of our being and know it as infinity, know it as the ultimate freedom, then, and if we can strive to that, not but not strive, <laughs> strive but not strive to that, if we can endeavour towards that, and again, I'm going to speak about more about this in part two, but I, I really want to get to how you, it's not about striving, it's not about pushing or pulling, it's really, especially for women, it's really about letting go and letting go of the, the contraction that we've been into, that we've been locked into. Usually the contraction is ultimately something locked into the mental, but it's all also locked in by the mental state of separation from the body, the, me the mental state of war with the body. And I really do mean war because any woman who lies back with her legs in stirrups and has her belly cut open or even goes for a check every month is effectively in a state of war with her own body that she's not in harmony or awareness or consciousness of what's going on in her own body. I'm not saying that in a judgmental way. I'm just saying that is the state of things. That is the true nature of what is going on there. That when we're not at war with our body, when we're at peace and at, in wisdom and knowledge of our body, then we know immediately if something's wrong. But we also know we don't know it as wrong. We don't have a label of um, abnormal cell will have a sense that something wants to be corrected we'll put our attention on it and by putting our attention on it the cor the correction will come and that I'll talk about that more these three sets of podcasts are really about unlocking the basics around these things so that we can then launch into like much deeper much longer more powerful conversations so I hope you'll join me around that I hope you'll I'll hope you'll be in this for part two I hope you'll respond to this um, podcast too I'd be really interested to know your thoughts and just about what I'm presenting here um, firstly about the capacity of the body to experience infinity and oneness with the universe um, the capacity of the body to thrive and not to age or deteriorate or go into menopause like we're told that it has to do um, the capacity of the body to know itself through sentience and through really deep sentience. Um, the capacity of the body, mind, spirit to undo the damage that has been normalised and done to it through contract and through um, pressure from our peers, family, etc. that you must go and get a checkup, you must go and do this. And it's like, I don't, I don't must go and get tortured by anybody, thank you very much. I don't must need to have my body sovereignty trespassed by any needle by any metal tool touching no cervix of mine um I'd really love to know what you think and feel about this and what your experience of your own healing is I know that these are um really deep 
questions and statements and um, various aspects of what I'm saying might be very triggering to somebody who's still holding a lot of pain or trauma around what's happened to them in their life around a birth process or their own birth process when they were born themselves. <clears throat> and again, I'm speaking to this because this is how we heal. I'm speaking to this because I have been through phases of my life of being very near to death because I've given up on life, of having no energy, being phenomenally ill, having so much grief debilitating me, so much trauma knotted inside me that I can barely function going to the shop and buying bread every day, being bedridden for over a year, being unable to function in the world, being in such poverty because I can't find the balance between giving and taking from the world and being rewarded for it, for what I'm contributing to the world. Um, I've had various cycles of breakdown and extreme limitation in my life. And now I don't have those things and it didn't happen by accident <laughs> that suddenly I didn't have those things anymore. I didn't have that weight of of trauma or family karma or family constellation of that I had abnormal cells or lumps inside my womb or things that needed to be tended to in really aggressive ways by the conventional gynecological system. It's no coincidence that I came out of that without going through the, the recommended steps, without going through the recommended um through the conventional systems, it's very clear to me that the way I came to my healing, um, apart from some very specific support, very specific homeopathic support by a very, very good homeopath and my own wisdom about how to navigate to that, um, apart from very intuitively working with pelvic steaming and... Um, herbs that I don't even want to know the name of the herbs anymore I just go and get them from the garden and I use them and it feels right and I know it's right and I have a right effect and my my body works well um I'm still on a healing journey I want more than this I want to be in a more blissful state but ultimately I'm an incredibly healthy um almost 50 year old and most people think that I'm 10 or, or more years younger than I am and um, I think my white hair might be betraying that a little bit. <laughs> but even that, um, I'm in love with my body and my mind and my work and my presence in the world. And I've been given a lot of reason not to feel that, not to feel at one or be in love and be love. I've been given a lot of reasons to be really grumpy with the world and to be really antagonistic with it and I have also been through phases of being that um, but ultimately I know that that's a phase and that is part of growing up and being a proper adult woman again the word adult is not not the best word um, but the a mature living woman who has matured into her proper state into this state of being um, which again isn't isn't a static thing to do with state static, but my living womanness, womb oneness, my vitality, my clarity of thought and of feeling and of identity, my um, 
deep, deep fulfillment and satisfaction on a daily basis with my life, with my work, with my relationships and interrelationships with all things and all beings, apart from maybe my really jippy neighbour. <laughs> but that's another story. Um, but again, it's not that it's not far from what the what I'm talking about is actually very entwined with that because the issue that my neighbour has with me, um, which is rarely about me harassing her, it's pretty much 100% her harassing me and intruding on my privacy and my um, peace is very much to do with distorted feminine and distorted sexuality. A woman's power when it's fully aligned up and down and a woman is at one with her womb, a womb one and at one with her womb, there is no need for attacking other women to get your energy and get attention and to be witnessed. It, a woman will naturally, a healthy woman will naturally be able to support and give and gift to all other women. And she would never have a strategy of disrupting the peace or the privacy or the comfort of another woman in order to benefit themselves and again, I don't think anyone who's using their sexuality as a weapon is really trying to cause pain for the other person. But the state of pain that they're in feels a great deal of comfort from company. And that's usually why, um, especially in certain cultures and certain rural and non-city states, the the tribal and the indigenous has been distorted by medicalization, by separation of male and female, by putting pitching male and female against each other, by fixing them in too tight roles and putting them into institutionalized systems and structures that don't work, that don't work. <laughs> So like the classic Italian marriage in a rural area, the, there's a lot of frustration for those both in the marriages and outside the marriages who, that they're, they're looking for the state of being that they can't achieve. And even when they're in the, the, the structure, the marriage, the family, the family structure, they're basically enslaved in it. They're not freed by it. They're enslaved by it. There's a lot of happiness gained by it, but there's a lot of hardness and you can tell by the state of women's bodies by the time they're my age or much younger than me that they're not comfortable in their body and they're not um, they're not living in bliss, shall we say. And, and that's as true here. I'm not just singling out women in rural Italy. Um, I'm talking about all women. There are very few cultures in which probably the African cultures and the tribal cultures and the cultures where people are still on the earth and they haven't had all their resources completely stolen from them by white man and Europeans and Americans. But the state of most women's bodies is very reflective of their separation from the earth, separation from self, separation from men, and being put into war with all those things. And that's, again, one of the reasons that war perpetuates on the earth is because women are not grounding themselves and I'm going to talk about that more in either the next podcast or another one after that, because now we're getting into really big mystical shit. Um, again, if you would like to support my work and follow what I'm doing, please do come and see us, come and see me over on my podcast. 
either on Aureal or on my website, womenartsex.com. If you'd like to come and work face-to-face, co-create with us, we meet on a Wednesday, Rome time at 11am and just in half an hour, uh, 4pm Rome, Italy time. If you'd like a one-on-one with me, contact me directly through my website. There's womenartsex.com forward slash contact or connect or something. You'll find it. You'll see the button there. It'll be obvious what one it is. It's the last one on the right, the button on the heading uh, on the menu. And um, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. If you're watching the video of this, there's a video and a separate podcast audio only. Um, blessings on you. I love you. And I'm really glad that we're connected here. I'm very excited about the way the world's going. I'm very excited about my place in the world, my blessed path in the world. And I'm really blessed that you're listening to me and witnessing what I'm doing. And I know that we're going to co-create and um, do magical things in this world together because I've been feeling it for a while now. We're coming together and um, we're starting to work in these clusters of energetic body. Um, just putting things to rights in our own lives and getting up like sort of moving our energy and um, starting to experiment with what happens when we all put our attention our intention which I think really the word intention I think it's like going in and releasing the tension when we're putting our non-tense attention (laughs) on what we want to see in the world what we want to be in the world then I think collectively like individuals have infinite power in this but collectives have very specific power in terms of the 3D in terms of what's going on in the physical world just now and in the psychosis of the mainstream again mainstream uh, in inverted commas um, so yeah, I really would love to meet you on a Wednesday and um, if you want to come and support me on Patreon, I'm also very happy to do one-on-ones and also set up other other co-creation sessions. Um, you can also join me on Signal, join me on Patreon to get access to connecting with me on Signal and with the various groups that we have there around um, this cosmic work that we're doing. <laughs> Um, look forward to hearing from you blessings and love and um, I really hope that your day is is really genuinely blessed make it so make it so one um, make it blessed and um, love ciao